As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hi, hello, and welcome back to the 1983 National Football League Draft. And with the first round, John Elway, Jim Kelly. Welcome back to the draft. And with the first round pick, Dan Marino and Rudolph's NFL draft. And with the first round pick, Deion Sanders. I was kind of scared. I thought the show was going to take me. I would have asked for so much money that I had to put me on layaway. Welcome back to the NFL draft. Good young players with the draft all about. Here in and you're out. Welcome back to the draft. Welcome back to draft season, Cowboys Nation. Counting down the days, literally, until draft day. We'll be live covering it. For the Athletic Football Show, we'll have Dane Brugler, Robert Mays, and Nate Tice there live covering it. So make sure you check that out on YouTube and follow us live as we cover this NFL draft. But we got a very special guest returning to the About Them Cowboys podcast this week. Not only has he been in the draft room for your Dallas Cowboys, but he earned a Super Bowl ring the Green Bay Packers for doing what he does best, which is bringing draft opinions to the table. He's my draft dad from back in the glory days of the draft show. Tons of draft memories made already with this dude and decided to make some more. So please welcome back from the fan, Brian Broaddus. Hey, Brian. What's going on there, Kent? I mean, hey, every every time I hear your voice, I think of those days of uh, of you and, you know, the the, how we used to do the draft show and the draft shows like now, like 11, 12 years old and uh, just all those, those great memories and a lot of folks along the way uh, being a part of that. I, I love being with you guys. I think you guys do a hell of a job there at the athletic John. I have the utmost respect for what you guys do, but to, to be with you guys during the draft, it must be uh must be that time of year when we get to visit about this stuff. Wouldn't quite be Cowboys draft season without you, Brian. And of course, we've got Father John Mashota from The Athletic as well. John, you ready for the draft? I am. I am. I wish they had a little bit higher pick. 26 is going to be a long wait, but yeah. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. All right. So Dane Brugler's Beast is out on The Athletic. Make sure you have that thing downloaded, print it out, do what you got to do to get it in your hands for draft day. But he also went pick by pick all seven rounds and drafted this thing. And we're going to go over the Cowboys picks here with Brian Broaddus, see how much they align. Because as we know, if you followed Brian for a while, him and Dane have have quite a history together scouting players and and uh, might have some differing opinions on some of this stuff 
though, as well. So I think let's start at the top. Let's save the draft nerd stuff for the end of the show, uh, the later rounds. And let, let's start at the top here. Uh, Dane has selected tight end from Notre Dame, Michael Mayer. What was your reaction to this, John? Yeah, I have no problem with it. I like Michael Mayer. I think he's the best tight end in this class. Um, I'm biased that he's, there's no question he's the player I've seen the most. Um, my younger brother is a big Notre Dame fan. So if I'm not watching Florida State, I watch a lot of Notre Dame and there isn't a major weakness in his game. I think the the biggest thing that, that I always say when I look at these tight ends is, you know, the kid from Georgia is built like an offensive tackle, but I also don't think the kid from Georgia will ever catch the football as good as Michael Mayer does right now. Um, and then the other part of it is, I really don't think Michael Mayer's had any outstanding quarterback play either when he's been at Notre Dame. So I don't dislike the pick or anything. And I think that's completely fine. And, and there's been a lot of breadcrumbs that make you think that that's a real possibility. Uh, you know, Stephen Jones was on 105.3, the fan uh, on Tuesday uh, before we recorded this show. And he was open. He was asked an open end question about the draft. And, you know, the first position he talked about was tight end. So I found that interesting. The only thing I will say about that is, this is a team that hasn't drafted a tight end in the first round since 97. And, and, and this is a head coach who spent 13 years in green Bay and never, dra- they never drafted a tight end in the first two rounds. So I like the pick. I think it would be a huge help to the offense, but it is a tight end. And so there's part of me that's kind of still like, man, I kind of believe it when I see it, you know? Yeah. I, you know what? I, I, I like the pick as well. And you know, this is where I think the Cowboys are with their draft and, the things that they were able to do in the off season or the trades they were able to make there, the whole idea is for them to try and set them up. So any player that they take will help them. I, I don't think there's, you know, there's, there's several picks that you can argue with in the potential for first round, whether it's a tight end, whether it's the guard, whether it's a corner, whether it's a linebacker, an edge, a receiver, you know, there's. I don't think there's any spot at 26 that you would say, "Well, wow, they just reached on a guy. They didn't need that guy." You know, and and I, I think that's one of the beauties about John. You mentioned about you know the draft and the Cowboys drafting this late. Is they really have opened themselves to the ability to to take that best player uh, that that's on their board. I, you know, me personally, I, I would be really interested to see if you know with Mayor. It, what if it's a mayor? What if it's Bijan Robinson? What if it's, you know, there's there's so many things that I think line up to mayor being the pick. But I think the one wild card here in, in with Dane, and, and I know that uh, he already had Robinson going in the, dra- in the draft ahead of the Cowboys. So, you know, I, I just kind of was like, that. that's the one thing that I feel like they've set themselves up for whoever they take. I think it's going to be a really good pick. And, and I agree with you about Mayer. I, I've I've seen 210 players. I'm stacking my board right now as we speak to finish that up, to get it onto 105.3 The Fan. Mayer is my 18th best player overall. And if you're picking at 26 and you have an opportunity to grab your 18th best player, I, I think there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I think the Cowboys would be super happy if – if he was a will. Now you say, let's see if Mike McCarthy will do this. You know, his days in Green Bay, I know from my experience of working with the Packers, Ted Thompson ran those drafts. And Teddy's input from the coach is important, but it wasn't one of those things that was always 
the most important thing. And I think the coaches were involved. And I think here, I think McCarthy has a little bit more say in what happens with the draft. You know, I think Will McClay and those guys do a really good job of like Will calls it the Bermuda Triangle, where he has to deal with the scouts or actually the Joneses at the top, the scouts at one corner, and then the coaches at the other. But, um, you know, if Michael Mayer's the pick for the, the Cowboys, I think that helps them in a, in a lot of uh, really, really good ways. Let me let me ask you one question about that tight end position. How do you feel, though, because of the depth at that position about the possibility of, okay, so let's say Michael Mayer is – Let's say he's the ex- let's say your board is exactly the same as the Cowboys and he is their 18th yeah. best player. But how do you feel about the idea of, yeah, I can take that 18th best player and my number one tight end, or I can take my number four edge rusher and get my number three tight end in the second round. Where when I flip it, if I take Mayor right here, because this is I'm, this, we'll get into all this, but the yeah. way that that Dane's mock draft fell. And there's yeah. a lot of people in the comments when I when I wrote about it criticizing it because after you get Mayer, it's like there's still decent tight ends in the second round, but when you get to the second yeah. round, some of the other players aren't necessarily the guys that you maybe love as much, you know, like because there's just a lot of names that are out there that you're like, man, I hope that that guy falls or I hope that guy falls. Well, in this mock draft, not a lot of those guys fell there, and you're kind of now all of a sudden your set your late second almost feels like, man, that's almost kind of a guy that you thought would be there in the third. So how do you feel about the depth there of being like, is Mayer that much better than the others to where you're like, no, 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 he's just so much better than what you get in the second round. We got to take him. I think the argument that you have to have is, and again, I'm just looking at my stack and the way it is. Mayer is number 18. Kincaid from Utah is number 22. Musgrave from uh, Oregon State is 31. Washington from Georgia is 37. And Kraft from South Dakota State is 49. So then, and then at, then Laporta from Iowa would be at 60. So the so those two right there, hold on. And those two right there, Kraft and Laporta, I yeah. would think that those would be your best chances of one of them, if not both being there in the second round. So how would you compare Mayer to those two guys? Okay. Do, okay. Now the thing is, if you could tell me who you're interested in, it's 26. Give me, if you could give me a name. And, and yeah, sure. I know. I'm, I'll just roll off some guys that were there when, when Dane made the mayor pick. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Okay. So it was uh, Mozzie Smith, okay. Osi- Osiris Torrance, and then Emmanuel Forbes, Will Jaylen McDonald, Jalen Hyatt, and Quint- Quentin Johnston. And that, that okay. I thought was clearly the best group that was, that was remaining. Okay. Okay. Mayor at 18 on my board. Again, if you're using, if you're using my board as the Cowboys board, Mayor 18, Hyatt 24, uh, Torrance 30. Uh, who else did you have? Uh, Smith 39. Okay. So who else did you have? I'm sorry. Will Will McDonald from Iowa state. Will McDonald was 38. Uh, Sanders, 28. I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking the best player. I'm taking the best player off my board is what I did. If it now, the, that's where I brought up the Bijan Robinson discussion. Somehow if he got through, he's the third best player on my board, you know, mm-hmm. and this has been consistent with me throughout the whole, if you follow me on 105.3, the fan or the draft show or any of these platforms, love of the star, you follow me on these platforms, you know my my love for B. John Robinson. Now, people will say, well, you can't take a running back. Can't take a running back in the first round. 
you know, this is a pretty deep draft for running backs too. the tight ends, the running backs, kind of a similar thing. If you grab one, if you grab one early, it probably, you know, you're going to have to focus somewhere else, but if you wait, then, you know, there, there's some, actually some depth. I mean, there'll be people say, well, why don't you, if you take Robinson, if you don't take Robinson, maybe you can grab uh, Roshan Johnson at 90, you know, that's kind of, you know, how this all, this all works. So, Every player that you named off Dane's available list, I have Michael Mayer as a better player than every one of those those guys that you just said. Bijan on Dane's mock went 16 to the Commanders. The first tight end off the board was uh, Dalton Kincaid to the Chargers at 21. Uh, Where do you fall on comparing tight end to wide receiver? Say one of your top wide receivers is on the board, ranked higher than Mayer. Where are you following that? I feel I feel okay. This is this is how it would work. Now, I we've kind of got word that Quentin Johnston from TCU is not going to be invited to the trial. He wasn't. He's not going to be a part of the or at the actually in Kansas City. So this tells me that teams have told the league, listen, this potentially can't. This guy we don't think will be a first round guy. They don't want to go through one of those things where all of a sudden the guy's sitting in that room, you know, they're waiting for him to, you know, to be drafted and he's not going to be drafted. The way I have my board right now, Addison USC at 15, Smith and Jigba at Ohio State at 17, Johnston from TCU at 20. So I feel like I have three first round grades for wide receivers. There's people that say, well, Smith and Jigba might be the only uh, only first round wide receiver. I, I don't personally see that. I feel better, Kent. I feel better about the potential. If you said, if one of those wide receivers were there, again, I'd have Addison and Smith and Jigba over Mayer. So if either one of those guys were available and I was looking at wide receiver, that might, that's the, those, those two guys are better on my stack than say, say what. Michael Mayer is right now. So, so I would take Addison or Smith and Jigba over Mayer if 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 the comparison between the two, if I was just trying to be true to my stack. So that, we're on good. draft day and, and JSN and Jordan Addison and uh, Michael Mayer are all three there. Yeah. Who are you taking? Well, all three were there. I would love to take Addison because I feel like that he's the he's my higher my highest rated player. On that board now, I think there's people that would argue for Smith and Jigba. You know, I mean, if if you're telling me that all of them are going to be there, Addison, Smith and Jigba, Mayor, Addison, Smith and Jigba, and Mayor is how I would have it rated. So, if that, if that you know the opportunity to grab Addison to me would be better than taking Mayor there at uh, at 26. If um, if if all of them were available, I'm glad that I'm glad that you said it that way because that I wanted to ask you about that because one. I think it's almost impossible that all three would be there. There's just yeah. not enough depth in this draft for all. So what, why I'm glad you brought this up is because I believe that multiple teams are going to have their number one receiver is going to be something different. I don't believe that there's going to be a consensus. And not so at all. let's say yeah. Smith and Jigba has gone and mayor has gone and you're sitting there and you're like, you're the Cowboys. And let's say their board is exactly like yours. And Addison is, is their top receiver. And you can sit there and go, oh, but wide receiver isn't their biggest need. They should do this. But if he's your top receiver, you have to take him there. That's why they, they did took it with CeeDee Lamb. Lamb. Yeah. They did it with CeeDee Lamb. They, they, see, the one thing the Cowboys have has proven to you, 
guys is that that they're willing to take the best player on their board and they've set up their they've set their team up to like Addison can help absolutely can help here you know so to me I don't I don't see that as a problem I don't see that as like well geez why take a wide receiver here you know we you have other you have other needs other but no they really don't because any one of the players if they take Addison they're going to get praise for it now the problem is with this wide receiver crew is there might not be a consistent top receiver in this thing you know I mean there might not be and you know and the, and I've never been a part of a draft where I've had to evaluate more receivers that are under five nine you know I mean flowers. Downs, Scott from Cincinnati. Uh, you know, it just the list goes on and on. Mims, uh, you know, is, is another one of those guys. Dell from Houston. I, I've never been in a draft or evaluated a draft where we had this many receivers that were slight, slight height, slight weight. You know, it, it's rare. The 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 Mingos, you know, and and the Tillmans and those guys. There's they're few and far between when you were looking at this uh, when you're looking at this class and I think that's where this draft is going to to be a problem for some people to try and figure out where the the smaller receiver really fit because you know in and, and I don't think I don't think any team's board on receivers is exactly the same I, I just don't think it's the case at all what. What you're saying there about the size is, is to me why Quentin Johnson is such an appealing prospect, coin flip, right. because yeah. guys, just his physical size, speed, however you want to put it, just don't come around often. No, but see, that's what I'm saying. There, though, people will talk to you, though, Ken, about, well, he's had some drops and there's a concentration. I mean, there's more good plays than there are bad plays with Quentin Johnston from TCU. I'm just talking More about the physical place. ability, the physical. Yes. Yeah. He's just a freak. Yeah. yeah. See, and the same thing, there are people that have Hyatt potentially as a first round guy. And I'm just looking at him and, you know, and man, they're running plays every 25 seconds. A lot of times he's wide open. He's downfield a lot. I mean, they're throwing up. I mean, Hendon Hooker is finding him down the field. I mean, there's a lot of things to like about Hyatt, but he's like 104 pounds. Right. You know, I mean, that's the that's the problem. That's the problem that you run into. Uh, there's no CD Lambs. There's no uh, Chase. There's you know. There's not you know. Not, there's not my guy up there in, a, in, 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 in Minnesota. Yeah. There's just not. There's that's not those guys. So you're in, you're in a little bit of a bind right now to try and kind of figure out these guys, these smaller you know these smaller players and you know and you know where they where they are. Yeah. Hyatt is uh, you know. Six foot, 176 pounds, you know, tall, lean, ability to make huge plays. I mean, there's a lot of positives about that, but he's also 176 pounds. Now, you could say that about, well, what about the guy Smith in Philadelphia? Okay. I would rather have Smith than than I would Jalen Hyatt, you know, if you're talking about slightly built type players. Right. Of of all those receivers you talked about, it seems unlikely, but – is there any chance any one of them could potentially fall all the way into the back to the Cowboys at fifty eight in the second round, or is that just? Yeah, you're talking really about unlikely? you're talking about the, the, the you're talking about the uh, like digs kind of 100%, thing. Absolutely, yeah. Just I, wild man, stuff I, happens. It, it, you're right. It absolutely some crazy things happen, and I the the 
I kind of feel like that if there was going to be a slider, I mean, if there's going to be a slider, could it be Johnston as the slider? And I know it sounds crazy, all the things we just talked about, but if people say, you know, Addison, Smith and Jigba, Hyatt, Flowers. I mean, I was on a, I was on with Giants, uh, Giants.com uh, with John Smelk there, and we were talking about, and he was bringing up Flowers at, at 25, you know? I mean, he's talking about, so I don't know. I don't know who that, that slider would be. I think if you don't take the receiver in the first, the receiver that you're looking at potentially in the second is probably one of those guys that are the height is challenging for you. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't, I don't see, I don't see one of the top guys getting back around to you at 58. I just don't. Uh, one but more it, in the fir- first round. What, um, yeah. uh, for me, the biggest surprise, re- biggest realistic surprise the Cowboys could do at 26 would be Zay Flowers. It would really surprise me a lot just because it doesn't seem like something that they would do in the first round. But, you know, he's a 30 visitor. Uh, yeah. Obviously, they have interest. He's probably not a guy that will follow him in the second. Is there a player in this draft that you think realistically could fall to 26, but at the same time, you know, be kind of like Tyler Smith, where at the end of the day, they pick him and you're just kind of like, wow, I didn't see that coming at all. I think the guy that you really, I think you need to keep an eye on 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 Darnell Wright from from Tennessee. Oh, okay. The, mm-hmm. the offensive the offensive tackle who potentially could play guard. I I I actually I think there's two. I think there's two guys that you can keep an eye on. I think if you want to look at what offensively, I mentioned Wright uh from Tennessee. The the next guy I think that we're not probably talking enough about at 26 that might surprise us. And we've mentioned him a little bit, but not like we've talked about some of these others is Drew Sanders from Arkansas. I just, I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. I don't love that. Pick and I, either, and but... I don't, I don't think that's one of those really, really sexy picks, right. but I don't think the Cowboys are going to make a sexy pick at 26. Yeah. I think they're going to, I think when they talk to us at the end of the night one, they're going to tell you, John Mishota, that this player was ranked this on their board, and this is what we liked about him. And you know what? You're not going to disagree with him. You're not going to disagree with him. You're going to go, you know what? That's a good, solid pick that they made. Brian, if they say that, I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm going to I'm going to say. I'm going to say, Jerry, go ahead and flip over that card and show us one more time. And yeah, then I'm going to have us- Kent zero in on it. Yes. We're going to break yeah. down this board, and it's going to do great on The Athletic. So that's what yeah, we're going to do. Hey, no question. You, you guys got that figured <laughs> out. There's some... There's some like CIA stuff over there oh, at the athletic. You know, Ken, Ken's, Ken's a magician yeah. on this uh, stuff. <laughs> we don't want to reveal all the uh, processes that went behind that, but there was definitely some some methods. Yeah, but I, I think that I think that Drew Sanders again, Darnell Wright, offensive tackle, good play guard, and I, and I think the other one is Drew Sanders, who would be that. I'll tell you what do I kind of thought Drew Sanders. I was going to throw in there. I was going to throw McDonald in there. Okay. Too, because I feel like I wonder. I wonder if if Nolan Smith and this, I've seen crazy range on Nolan Smith. I mean, mm-hmm. when people would send me these mock drafts very early about like, "Hey, Broadus, what do you think?" and it was always Nolan Smith in the second round. And so I don't think Nolan Smith gets to you at fifty eight, but I wonder at twenty six if he got there, what they would do. 
I wonder what they would do at 26 if he got there. Because I think there's some appreciation. Now, Dolan Smith is the 21st player on my board. I got 21st round grades, and Nolan Smith's the first player I have at this in the second round there at 21. I wonder, I wonder if the Cowboys would, if he was there, would that be a consideration for if we see Dan Quinn on the uh War Room Cam, we know that might be a consideration. I wonder if they like I wonder yeah. if they like McDonald more than Nolan Smith. Mm. I yeah, wonder if I that's got, yeah. I got some I got some vibes off that too when uh you know last year at this well, it was probably a little over a year ago, there was some videos that surfaced of Dan Quinn at that old Miss Pro Day and he yeah. was working out Sam Williams. And yeah. so then there were some videos last month that surfaced of Dan Quinn at Iowa State. And he was working out the defensive lineman, Will McDonald included. So when I saw that, it kind of made me be like, you know, because I mean, of course, yeah, he was at some of the bigger pro days that you see, you know, the Alabamas, Ohio State, stuff like that. But when he was at Iowa State, I'm like, man, that's kind of a random. That's kind of interesting. Well, he did the trip. He did the Iowa swing. He caught McDonald and then he went over and did at Iowa City, got Van Ness. Oh, okay. You know, he got Van Ness over there and, you know, you you know, there was a. it, they probably got the uh, the safety there. They got a corner there. He, you know, they've got. They, I was, I would played really, really, really good defense. They were not uh, the the, the uh, they also they had the the lot the uh, linebacker there too. I'm trying to like why my why I, this is this is this is what sucks about getting old. You start to forget guys. Campbell, my guy Campbell, the linebacker from Iowa. So yeah, Campbell, Merriweather. Van Ness, you know, so they did kind of, he did the kind of caught the whole state of Iowa and all their defensive players and stuff. I'll tell you this last year from what I learned with the whole, you mentioned the Sam Williams thing for Jerry Jones. That was one of those things where they were going to take Tolbert. There was some discussion in the room about taking Tolbert at, at the second round pick and then try and, and see if they could get Sam Williams in the third. And Jerry Jones stepped up and said, no, 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 no. We're taking we're taking Sam Williams here in the second round. Yeah. And Jerry was the one that drove that bus. But that's the respect they have for Dan Quinn. Now, okay, Dan Quinn's had a couple of guys too. You know, he went to he went to Lexington, Kentucky and worked out Kelvin Joseph, went in Bohanna, those guys up there. So it is, he's had yeah. his good, he's had his bad. So anytime you want to say, oh, Dan Quinn, but Dan Quinn does carry a big stick in that room. It's so funny you say that because one of the names that immediately comes to my mind also was a 26th overall pick was was Tack McKinley, who obviously, yeah. you know, he's Dan Quinn's the coach of the Falcons. He must have liked him a lot. You know, they needed an oh, yeah. edge rusher. And, and obviously he hasn't come close to meeting expectations. But it is funny with what he's done with J. Ron Curse and with Micah Parsons and a few others. When I think of like a Nolan Smith, I'm like, yeah, let's let's yep. just see what he can do, do with it him. again. Whereas, like, I I I'm not feeling that way about the previous defensive coordinator. I I wouldn't have felt like, oh no no, no you no, can fit this no, square peg into no, a round hall. Uh-uh. Whereas with yeah. Dan Quinn, it's kind of like, all right, you know, because Van Ness is another guy where you're just like, I don't know how does he fit or whatever. But but Dan Quinn has showed you he can kind of he can kind of mix and match. And and and, and my yeah. thing that I always say is that as great as Tom Brady was, I just always loved how Belichick in that prime of the Patriots, it just seemed like week for the week. It was just always somewhat of a defensive tweak where you're just like, yeah, Whoa, look what they did. Like, and Dan Quinn's got a little bit of that too, where you don't know every week to week exactly like, you know, it's not going to be, we're lining up like this deal with it. It's when, Oh, we're going to do something here. We're going to move this around. So because of that, 
there's really nobody that they can draft on defense that when the first round's over that I would rip the pick. I'd be like, no, no, no let's give yeah. them a chance and see what's going to happen here. Uh-uh. That's what I'm saying. That in, in the, the thing about it, too, is the the when you mentioned – I said Van Ness at, at Iowa. Let me just go on record here. That is the player I have the best chance of one day waking up and going, I'll be on some show when I'm in, you know, five years from now. And some will go, who's the guy you missed on the biggest? And, he, and I'll tell you, for a long time, Johnny, you'll appreciate this because you're oh, yeah. an old Lions fan. Yep. Joey Harrington. Yeah. Missed on Joey Harrington just clean as day. Lucas Van Ness at Iowa, I have a chance to be really, really, really wrong about. Because I see him like people talking about him in the top 10. I split, I've stayed mocked him to Philly at 10 on the, in the athletic. And I'm like going, oh, my, oh, heart attack, Bill. Here we come. <laughs> you know, but I have a really, really big chance of being wrong about him. I hope the player does. I hope he makes me look bad. I really do. Because I, I see it sometimes. I don't see it top 10 all the time. I just don't. And, you know, so I'm just going to go on record. You guys can play this tape back. We'll play this when the Cowboys select him at 26. That's what we'll do. If he, if he gets selected at 26, that's going to be, I, I am going to, that might be the the time I walk out. That might be the time I walk out and just say, you know what? I can't do this anymore. Like in Costa Rica. You think that you think them taking Van Ness would be a bigger surprise than them taking Tyler Smith last year? I just feel like at least every mock draft has Lucas Van Ness in the first round. Whereas like Tyler Smith was a guy that really was in that like mid mid second. I had my third when the Cowboys were taking guys, I was going through my board and I was saying, you know, third round, third. I mean, Sam Wood, I had those guys I'd like. They had four picks like in the third round, it seemed like, with me. Yeah. None of them in the first or second. And I remember when Kuiper, Kuiper mocked him to Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. And I go, what the hell? Yeah. You know, and I'm like going, so now when Kuiper says stuff about Peter Schrager used to be that for Arizona. Schrager, my man, for the NFL Network, Schrager was friends with Cliff Kingsbury. For like six years, every year that Cliff was in Phoenix, he would he had his pick. I mean, like Schrager would get the whole mock draft wrong, but he had he had Arizona's pick right every single time. <laughs> and so now that now that he's gone, I'm like, oh no, what's Schrager gonna do? And I wonder if Mel Kuyper is the new Peter Schrager for the Cowboys. You know, and and because nobody had him mocked, nobody had him mocked. You know, it's funny you say that because so like about, I don't know, it was like three, four weeks ago, I did this like Q&A with Dane, just kind of, hey, yes. this is what the Cowboys are looking at. What do you think about these players? And I specifically asked him in this q and I was like, all right, Kuiper mocked Tyler Smith to him last year. And this year he's got Adebwari from Northwestern. Yeah. What are you talking yeah. about this guy? And he's like, I'm going to tell you right now, I do not think he's a first round pick type guy. So if yeah. he goes in the first round, whatever. But ever since then... That guy's been on my radar, and I never would have paid attention to it. But just because I'm like, all right, maybe maybe Kuiper talked to Jerry or somebody who's like, hey, I'll give you a name of a guy that, like last year, it was a Tulsa guy. I'll give you a guy from Northwestern. We think can play a little D tackle, a little DN, and 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 man, if if that was right. a pick, I would be stunned. I'm gonna connect this. I'm gonna try and connect 
how Kuiper might get a pick. Chris Mortensen and Jerry are like best friends. Absolutely. And so maybe Mortensen, instead of being the smartest guy in the room, there you go, feeds Kuiper a pick. The, these guys have been working for working for ESPN for a hundred years together. You yeah. know, Mel Kuiper. I remember sitting in draft rooms before that, like it was in college, watching this guy do stuff. And then I got in the actual draft room, and I'm like, all right, this guy. By the way, uh, Rick Goslin's the best I've ever been right. with doing yeah. this stuff. But anyway, so. Maybe, maybe Jerry tells Mortensen. Mortensen tells Kuiper. Sure, Kuiper posts. But uh, yeah, when Kuiper did that with with Tyler Smith, I'm like, man, you you snuck that one right past us all. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. All right, pick 58 here. On the board, we've got... Wow, Citrus. we're doing this mock draft still, huh? Yeah, on yeah, the board still. Two? Let's see who you would pick, This Ryan. show might go seven hours. No, we won't do them all. We, we, won't do do all. we don't do them all. On the board here was uh, Cedric Tillman, the wide yeah. receiver from Tennessee, Charbonnet, yeah. the running back from UCLA, Osiris Torrance, good still player. the guard. Really good player, yeah. And the Cowboys select... Dayon Henley, linebacker from Washington State, Brian. Love this kid. Love Henley. Love him. Love Don Henley from the Eagles, too. It is one of my <laughs> one of the greatest Henleys. Things. Yeah, I, I'm all I'm all about the Henleys. Uh I, I'll say this. Uh with Henley, you're 6'1, 225 pounds. He he went to school initially in Nevada, with University of Nevada. This guy has a real nose for the football. I mean, you start to talk about instincts, recognition. When he sees, he's gone. 
I mean, he does a great job of attacking the ball. His mission is to be the first guy there every single time. I mean, that's what his deal is. It's like, you know, you see him kind of slipping through uh, the trash, the cracks, the gaps. I mean, he is one of those guys. He wraps up as a tackler. He plays downhill. He's always in a hurry. He's not going to be out of position. He can play in coverage, the movement, the instincts. I like what Dane did here. I really, really like what he did. The guy plays with an edge. He plays with desire. He can pass rush. He attacks the pocket. This guy is a complete linebacker. He doesn't come off the field when you when you start to talk about it. Now, let me tell you why Dane did this. Because this guy on, on some people's boards might be a third-round guy. If you get try and think you're going to get back around to him in the third round, it ain't happening. It ain't happening. So I see why he made the pick uh, the way he did, because he knows that if Dallas is trying to let this thing get to the third, Henley's not going to be there. So that's why they did it. That's so, why I think he did it. Yeah. Yeah. With with uh, Charbonnet being out there, I, I was intrigued about that just because of the fact of he does seem like he would be a good complement to Tony Pollard. I'm not saying they should draft a guy just because he's a compliment. Steven yeah. did mention, Steven Jones did mention at the uh, owners meetings. Yeah. In a perfect world, they'd like to find a back. That would be a, a good mm-hmm. compliment. You know, they need the short yardage, yeah. you know, stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I was wondering, let's say they don't, let's say the, the draft goes like the, the way it does in, in, in Dane's mock. They don't take a running back with any of the seven picks. How do you think they'd go about uh, uh, addressing running back? Because, I just don't see Tony Pollard as being 2025 carries. So what do you think they would yeah. do about that other, you know, kind of the the goal line short yards? Well, is it Jones? Is is it, you know, is that is that what we're gonna do here? I mean, I, I I'm gonna be honest, guys. I think I've been honest the whole time. I'll be honest here. But I don't I don't know how you walk through this draft for three days and not pick a back. Yeah. Not 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 the not with the quality that are on this board. Not, not, you know, now people say, well, hey, well, look what, look what Kansas City did last year. I mean, you know, they took Edwards Hilaire in the first and then they take another guy in the seventh and he ends up being, you know, a great player and all that. I just don't know how you could go through. Now, this draft is so, so, so deep at running back, but I don't know how you just co- totally avoid it. I, I think personally, I think Tony Pollard, Stephen Jones could talk about wanting to get a long-term deal done with Tony Pollard, but I could also see this being a Dalton Schultz situation that, you know, after one year of a franchise tag, we're going to look back and say, wow, was it worth it to have Dalton Schultz on the franchise tag for one year? You know? yeah. I wonder if we're going to say the same thing about Tony Pollard. There's so much unknown about him with the injury and all that coming back. I, 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 Britt Brown, guys like that, I really, you know, I appreciate how hard they all work, but there's a lot of unknown right there. And if you told me they're going to go through this entire draft and not take one, I would say that's probably a mistake. It's funny you say that about Pollard and Dolan Schultz, because I get the same vibe from that yeah. uh, with, yeah. uh, I got the same vibe with, with both those guys and Byron Jones. You know, there was a lot of talk with Byron Jones, like, yeah, we'd like to give another country, whatever. But this is just different when it, when you're talking about CeeDee Lamb and Dak and Micah. Like those deals will get yeah. done. Will you look at yeah. them when the, when the when the deal comes out and go, "Whoa, I can't believe they're paying that much money." Yeah, you probably will. But those deals will get done. They when they yeah. when the Cowboys really want a guy, 
those deals will get done. It's the guys like you mentioned, like with Pollard, where you're like, they're saying that, but they're saying that because they would love Tony if he wants to take some yeah. real team friendly type deal thing. And Tony's not, probably not going to do that. So, no, you know, he, Tony appreciates the fact that he got $10 million and signed that thing up. Right. Because his next contract might be three years and $10 million total, you know? So I just don't know how the Cowboys, I think they get the next back here. I think that whoever that whoever they draft, it's Pollard and then whoever that guy is, and then that guy's going to take over when they just let Pollard walk. Anybody in this class you really like? Obviously, you know, you already talked about Bijan, but anybody you like that you think would be uh, a good fit next to Pollard and then to, to kind of carry the reins after that? Well, if I could talk about what, you know, with Dane and him dra- and drafting Charmino, I, I think that you're talking about a super productive runner. And this kid transferred from Michigan. He's not going to run away from you. He's not one of those guys, but he can make that initial guy miss and then run through the others. And so it's impressive how he's able to finish some of these runs that he has. Like you'll see him make a miss and then bam, bam, he'll go through a couple guys and then get into the end zone though. So I think he's got the vision to see those lanes, keep the legs churning. He'll bounce off guys. I never saw him get knocked back. I saw everything was going forward. Um, He's got really soft hands for a receiver. I mean, he didn't even fight the ball at all when you watch him play. And he 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 can be really tough when you throw him the ball on the move. You know, you get him in the you get him going wide and they sling him the ball or they throw him a screen. You now we'll see with under the Kellen Moore administration, this team didn't know how to run screens. Let's see if Mike McCarthy can rekindle what he learned in Green Bay and San Francisco and other places about running screens to maybe get these guys involved. But this guy is uh, – Zach Charbonneau is I, – I think he's one of those guys. His time speed's not great, but his playing speed is good enough. And I, I think that's one of those guys that you would have to have to kind of look at right there uh, and say, you know what, I, 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 like what I, I like what I've seen with him. Uh, another guy that might be a little bit later in the draft, I'll try and make it quick on him, is Kenny McIntosh from Georgia. He's six foot. He's 204 pounds. He's a weapon as a pass catcher. You can watch games where they put him wide and they run tunnel screens. The LSU, the SEC championship game, they throw him a tunnel screen and he runs in from like 30 yards. He catches the ball well. He's a finisher. He's another guy that kind of bounces off tacklers and he doesn't go down easily. I think he needs to show a little bit better vision at times. I don't think he sees the hole all that well when he gets going, but he does it good enough. When it opens up, he tries to get through it and get going. But the big thing about him is he's going to block as a pass protector on third down. He's going to catch the ball when he has to catch the ball. And then when you want him to run the football, I think he's going to be pretty effective. If they go for a guy a little bit later in the draft, Kenny McIntosh from Georgia would be a guy that I would look at. All right, round three here. Cowboys select guard Anthony Bradford, Brian, from LSU. You're yeah. on the water. What do you think about this guy? Yeah, I, I tell you what, I am a I'm a fan, and, and I'm and I, I everybody knows I love LSU. I wear LSU clothing every day, basically. I, you know, anytime I talk about LSU people, they're always like, "Oh, Broadish, you're a homer." I admit it, I'm a homer. I love LSU players. I will say this though, I think that I think the Cowboys like this Anthony Bradford. I really, really do. And he's six four. He's three hundred and thirty two pounds. He's a massive, massive, uh, you know, prospect with with power. He's got quickness. 
uh, as a guy. He can, you know, he goes from one block to the next. You see that downfield. I mean, he can, he really is good. He can single block, but where he really shines is that double team. Like you get him on a double team block. You know, that's some of the things that like, that's where I don't think Terrence Steele gets enough credit with him and Zach Martin, how they're able to double team, get guys secured, and then get somebody up on the second level. So he's one of those guys that just kind of like, you know, he's just so powerful the way he plays. He's not going to get knocked back. I know with Jerry Jones and what he, you know, this is 14 years of being in that organization. Jerry Jones believes this, and this goes back to really with Tony Romo, you know, the front of the pocket, keep the front of the pocket clean, let a quarterback step up, they can handle the wide stuff. They can handle the wide. If you, but if you take care of the center of the pocket, you're gonna have a shot to have your quarterback have some success throwing the football. And I think this is where Anthony Bradford steps in again: the size, the athletic ability, and the toughness that he plays with. So one guy that was still there that kind of intrigued me mm-hmm. was the defensive tackle Dexter out of Florida. Yeah. I, I wonder what you're thinking about him, but then also the fact of, because I have no problem with, with Dane's pick there because I do think left guard, man, that would be great to have a guy you plug in. Here you go. But defensive tackle is another spot where I feel like they're a little weak at. What uh-huh. do you think of Dexter? And, and, and what do you think about how important is defensive tackle? Do you think to, to this roster? Yeah, I, I think defensive tackle is, is important. I think they're kind of trying to figure some things out uh, for sure here at defensive tackle. I, me personally, uh, Mozzie Smith, Benton from Wisconsin would be a guy I'd like a little bit better. I have Dexter at 52 uh, when, you know, it, when you look at uh, potentially having him uh, as part of your uh, your team. Bradford, I have at 89. So if you're just going for how my stack would be, Dexter would be over much higher than Bradford is mm-hmm. what I would do. But I, I really – I like, as you can see where, where I have him, I, I like Dexter a lot. I, I think that he's one of those guys when the ball comes right at him, he is really good and just not, you know, I mean, there's a really good chance that he is going to he's make that play. I kind of feel like he's a little bit better of a straight-ahead player than maybe some of the lateral stuff, but he could be super disruptive along the line of scrimmage. You see him like he'll play what we call a two-gap nose, and two-gap is – when you extend into the blocker and then you peak one gap to your right or your left, you peak and then you peak back to the other gap. And that's what they call two gap. And you're looking for the ball. It's kind of a, it's kind of a read and then react kind of a defense. They play there at Florida. So, you know, usually with, with Dan, it's like kind of get up the field, not as bad as what Rod Marinelli, but you know, you need a, you need a guy inside that can be disruptive and, you know, and control blockers and then does a good job of finishing when he gets in position. So I wouldn't have a problem with Dexter there, there in the second round, but uh, again, it fits a need. The guard need makes sense as well. They address defensive tackle, according to Dane in the fourth round at 129 with the defensive tackle from Oklahoma state, Tyler Lacey, Brian, would you be okay with that? Yeah, I think that, you know, there's people, when you watch Tyler Lacey play, he he plays as an edge. And I think that when you, when you, his better position might be to play inside. And he's 6'4", he's 279, and he's got really, really big hands. He's got long arms. 
He's pretty natural in the way that you see him move and the way he engages. He kind of sees the action and then boom, he gets rid of his guy and then he's going to the football right there. So I, I think there could be a little bit better explosiveness off the ball initially, but you know, he's, he tends to rush a little high. And when you put him on the edge, like with Bill Parcells, this would a guy would have been like a, what we call a five technique in and a three, four. He's got, you know, be six, four, six, five, 280, 285 pounds, play head up on the tackle, engage, get off the block, that kind of stuff. But that's why I think he has to play inside because I don't see that edge, that edge, that bend that you see. You know, we were talking about McDonald from Iowa State. There's bend. You know, now McDonald is a is about 40 pounds lighter than what Lacey is. But I mean, there's just not a lot in the tool belt with Lacey as a as that kind of that pass rusher. But as a run player, uh he's he's a, he's pretty good. And that's why I think they would put him at defensive tackle. Um, so let me then ask you this. Lacey or now keep in mind that there's no running back that's been drafted at this point by the Cowboys. Right. In, in Dane's mock, three picks later, he has Zach Evans from Ole Miss. Would you rather have Lacey or Evans in that spot? I think I would rather, I would think, let me check my board just to make sure how I don't, I'm not as high on Lacey as I am Evans on Evans. I have him at pick one Oh one on Lacey. I've got him pretty buried down here. I've got him down in the sixth round. So I wouldn't, if Lacey was the pick, I wouldn't be too happy about that. But with if you told me that they don't have a running back and they drafted Evans, I would be totally, totally on board with that for sure. Some things about Evans that you have to kind of dive in on uh, with some of the things, you know, he transferred from TCU. And, you know, I wouldn't call him super elusive, but he gets the job done. I mean, he lowers his shoulder. He delivers a blow. He, he, you know, he's one of those guys when he locates the hole, he makes the cut, he runs with power. He could be a hard guy to bring down. I thought he had good balance for his running style. There was a snap or two where you see him run and then jump over a defender, and he had some carries where he was able to break some tackles in the open field. I didn't see a lot of pass receptions with him in the games that I watched, but when you when you when the balls did go his way, the one or two times. He was able to make the play. So I would take Evans Ole Miss over Lacey uh, from Oklahoma State if it was me on that at that particular pick. Two picks we need to ask you about that Dane made. The first being a nice pick at pick 169 with the kicker, Jake Moody. Yeah. What would you think about the Cowboys taking a kicker in this draft? You know, it's funny. <laughs> Dane sent me a text about this about this pick. He sent me the text. And from what I know and what I've heard from, and these are people that have contact with Bones Fossil, that he's got a plan, I think, for veteran kickers. I think there were two or three guys. I know Robbie Gould's out there. I don't know what the money's going to be for Robbie Gould. Uh, we'll see. But I drafting the kicker, I see what Dane did, and, and he's not wrong. I think uh, the, the, the guy from Michigan and then also the um, – the uh, 
the uh, guy from Maryland. There's two that I think are draftable. But I, I, I like what he did. I mean, I understand it because it is a need. It's an absolute need. And if you go out and get the best kicker now, they will tell it. Remember last year when the Cowboys were at training camp and they're telling us about uh, Garibay and what he did and, you know, and Cameron Dicker, or, you know, Texas, and he's a better kicker than Dicker and, you know, and, and all this stuff. And then he went out there and he peed down his leg when we got out to Oxnard. So, you know, I these college kickers – I think you have to be careful, but I think that Bones has a plan for veteran. So I don't know. I mean, I told Dane that, and he still went ahead with the pick. So I think he was looking for a spot with a needy, a needy team that needed the best kicker. So I don't, I don't blame him for what he did. It's interesting you say that about Gold because what is he now? I think he's forty. Yeah, he's forty. One hundred and eight. Yeah, I, I read in a. Uh... Uh, and our, he did an interview back in February about, you know, being final year in San Francisco and all that. And he was talking about being 40 years old. And some, I think the reporter asked him if he wanted to kick in Chicago because he had been in Chicago and he was like 40 years old. I've been doing this for 18 years. He's like, I kind of don't want to kick outside in the cold anymore. He goes, I kind of yeah. want to be somewhere warm. I want to be in a dome. So when he yeah. said that, and I read that I was like, so now that you're saying that I'm like, oh, that would kind of make sense there, you know? Yeah, I think, matter of fact, there's a celebrity golf tournament that's in town this week in Dallas mm-hmm. that for the Champions Tour and uh, the, the Seniors Tour. And I think he's one of the celebrities that's playing in the tournament. Oh, okay. So maybe maybe he's going to, like, go hit some balls over there at Las Colinas Country Club and then swing on over to the, to the star, maybe get some kicks in, kind of talk some business. <laughs> Who knows? Bones Fossil might have this thing all taken care of. It's funny though, Kent, because, you know, I thought it was interesting too. You know, you said you thought it was a good pick. Like, I'm not opposed to them drafting a kicker either. That's but right around the but spot. But didn't he think he had the guy last year when he made the pick? Who's you know? that? Which guy? With Garibay, when they brought Garibay in. No, hmm. but there's a difference though between when you're actually going to be worthy of spending a pick. And when I think of that, I think of, you know, Evan McPherson, you know, and, and for Cincinnati, you know, they've played, I think, seven playoff games in the last two years. And I, yeah. I, I think he might've missed one extra point. He hasn't missed a, missed a single field goal. Like you're the Cowboys. You've been to the playoffs the last two years. If you think Jake Moody, who he's kicked outside, he's kicked a lot mm-hmm. of big kicks. He, he mm-hmm. had a huge kick against TCU. I think it was like 58 yards, something like that. And yeah. in, in, in the playoff game, like I, I just, I see the comments underneath, you know, the posts and some people talk about, Oh, that's such a waste. That's a waste. It's like, these playoff games are just so important and so many of them come yeah. down to kicks that if they really feel like this is well, the guy, I'm not going to, I can't ding them on that pick. Okay. Let's, let's circle back all you folks that are hating what the pick for, that Dane made. Look at the situation with if McCarthy's talking about running the football and playing under control and playing defense. And if they're not scoring a whole hell of a lot of points, how are they going to, you know, if, if the offense, you know, if it's conservative and I mean, maybe McCarthy's blowing smoke up our rear and he's going to come out and he's going to sling it everywhere. But if he's interested in running the ball and establishing the run and being in a lot of tight games and he doesn't have a kicker, he deserves to get fired. <laughs> you know, he deserves to get fired if he's in a lot of games and they're going to win these games. If they're going to win these games 24-21 or 21-17 or whatever, I mean, you know what I'm saying? You know, if they, if they, if they don't have a kicker, you know, it, and, and they're playing in a lot of these tight, close games, 
I'm telling you, and that kicker doesn't work out, that's on him, and he should be run out of town. He better figure that You're out. You're talking about a guy that missed four field goals in a row or whatever it was in the playoffs, right? And yeah, he's still, still around, so I don't know. I mean, uh, he had some tough moments with Mason Crosby and Green Bay and, and fought through yeah. it and so and stayed loyal to him. And so I think that's why he kind of feels that way. But Jerry is the one that clearly is like, no, 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 we're not even trying no, to but see that's what we're I'm going saying. another direction. He let he let Bones Fossil bring guys in, you know, and they had to revert back to a guy that like, let's be honest, guys, when we were out there in Oxnard and they they <laughs> and they brought back, you know. <laughs> They brought back our guy. We're all like, "What? No! What? What's Leo, going on here? What are we Leo, doing Leo, here?" Believe it, Liam yeah. Halarahu. Halahu, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't pronounce his name right to save my rear doing the broadcast, but you know, here we are. Freaking yeah. Brett Maher. That was bad. All right, uh, got to ask you about this, Brian. Okay. Pick two twelve. Mm-hmm. On the board are four players. Who would you take among these guys? Tyson Badgett, quarterback from Shepherd. Malik Cunningham, quarterback from Louisville, Max Duggan, quarterback from TCU, or Clayton Toon, quarterback from Houston. Toon. I'll sing that tune. I can name that tune in one note. <laughs> I am a fan of Max Duggan. I really, really am. I, I really appreciate Clayton Toon to me is when you go when like the old crusty scout guy that I am, he 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 fits my eye. He fits my eye the way he physically looks, you know. But I, I'll say this, though. Bryce Young, he fits my eye the way he plays, you know, if you're talking about quarterback. But Clayton Toon would be my guy. This guy – and this might be what the NFL is going to. And this might be because of what we saw uh, with Brock Purdy last year in San Francisco. Teams might be going to the guys that are the four-year starters, three-time captain, you know. This guy is one of those players when you watch him play, he's proven to me watching him play that he can overcome adversity because Houston gets in games where they can't stop anybody. And he's like constantly having to throw and throw and throw. And he's making play. I mean, he's going to get the Dell kid at 5'8 drafted because of how many times he found him with the ball. But this guy, I mean, when you watch him, he kind of he sits there in the pocket. He can kind of find where he needs to be, and he delivers it. He's got patience. He's got willingness to kind of look through the progressions, see where he's at. He can scan the field like I was talking about. He might not always trust his arm for the tight window throws, but, man, I'll tell you what, though, he can, he can, he can throw the receivers open. And that's what I mean. That's where I think that – that you look at him and the way he plays when you watch him on tape is he's the main focus of the offense. And he knows that. I mean, it's all on his back, but when that pocket's clean in front of him, he can make some great throws, but you know, I mean, when he, when he has to answer the bell, he's good. And I feel like though, that's kind of the way that, that he plays. I think teams are going, like I said, the Brock Purdy's, the guys that were four-year starters were captains, that got the experience. I mean, there's people that love love Richardson, the quarterback from Florida. You can count how many games he's played on your hands. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those things. So I think there's, I think there's a, you know, if you're talking about guys later in the draft, you know, Clayton Toon wouldn't be a bad guy to have. That whole thing interests me because 
Like I think Will Greer is a pretty good player, but yeah, you go and use one of these picks on a Clayton Tune or Aiden O'Connell or something like yeah. that. Aiden O'Connell is the, is the one I think. If Aiden O'Connell was, I'm sorry, John, I interrupted no, no, badly. But no, I'm no, sorry. no, no. But Aiden O'Connell, I think, is the guy they ultimately want. I think that's the guy that they ultimately now. People are going to freak out. You're probably going to have to take him a lot earlier than, you know, if you sit there and think, oh, we'll wait till the fourth round, and it probably is not going to happen. You know, if he gets taken the third round, all of a sudden people are going to say, oh, oh, Dak Prescott, oh, okay, what's going on here? It shouldn't be that way. You're just trying to take, you know, the Cowboys lost. The, the Cowboys were fortunate enough to, to win games last year with their backup quarterback, you know. Aiden O'Connor is, is at Purdue is a really good quarterback, thrown for a ton of yards. You know, drafting him is setting it up to like, hey, if something happens to our guy, we can play with this guy and be just fine. You know, going forward, I mean, even you could sit him, you could sit him and let him learn, and then if who knows if you don't want to pay your quarterback fifty million dollars, <laughs> you know, then you can maybe just got your guy right there. Yeah, I just feel seems like this draft more than any in a while. They've really seemed like they're interested in, in doing something at quarterback yeah. in the later rounds. Yeah. Yeah. Are you for that, Brian? You think they should take a quarterback? Take a swing. Oh, I came from the year? I came from the Green Bay system of Ron Wolf. Yeah, we yeah. we developed this. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is this is not this is this is thought out. Uh, one time in our life in Green Bay, we had Brett Favre, Mark Brunell, Ty Detmer, and Kurt Warner. Those were our four quarterbacks in, in a camp one time. You know, just yeah. no, you, you can't, you can't have enough of these guys. I don't care about guys getting their feelings hurt. You know, I do. I'll tell you what gets my feelings hurt is these quarterbacks that aren't taking teams to championships, aren't going to Super Bowls. You can say what you want about Jalen Hurts and he doesn't deserve the money. And at, going into the season, I thought that Dak Prescott was a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. I said, these two teams are really different. The difference is the quarterback is better. Jalen Hurts, in his second season, takes them to the Super Bowl. You know what? Let's go. If you're if you're taking me to the Super Bowl and you're taking me to championship games and you're winning the division, I'm for you. You know, and he this kid did it in, in two years. Did it in two years. You know, so, you know, Joe Burrow. Pat Mahomes, you know, the, the, the league is now starting to figure out, like, we don't have to just pay these quarterbacks $40 million to pay the quarterback. I, I think I think in year eight, I think Dak Prescott, and people are going to hate me for this, and please don't, but I think you have to always evaluate your quarterback. I think you always do, you know, because there's going to get a point in time where I just don't want to pay this guy $55 million just to maybe win the division. I need somebody that's going to take me to the Super Bowl, take me to the championship games and stuff like that. I think I think with them getting cooks, and I think they'll add some type of a weapon, whether it be tight end or wide mm-hmm. receiver, maybe they get more out of Gallup or, or Tolbert this year. I yeah. do think he's Dak is going to play better. But yeah. to your point, even if the stats look better, the interceptions come down, if they don't have that success in January, you have to right. evaluate that because yeah. that is ultimately what this roster is built to do. Hey, he made he made a great that that game they played in Tampa. Amazing. He was outstanding, outstanding. Yeah. You know, but that's you know now you got to go to San Francisco and win that game. You know now you got to find a way to you know you got to get to the the next game and then and, take and, and Brian 
to be honest with you, with the San Francisco game, it wasn't even about the, all right, put us on your back again. It was, don't play awful. That's what they needed to win the San Francisco game. Don't play awful, and they advance. Now, who knows what happens in the NFC Championship game. You're going to play against Philadelphia, whatever, but he was the reason they lost the game. That's the reason that you get in there. If if he just would have played pretty solid, and then the defense gave up some you know, some BS yeah. touchdowns or something. It'd be one thing, but he played so poorly in there that made you like sit there and go like, man, like how does see, this happen from week and to I, week? And, I, and, and people are going to watch this and go like, oh, Broadus, you're, 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 you're killing Dak. No, I'm not. I'm just trying to tell you that he, he, like everybody else, everybody else in that organization, if they don't have success, they, 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 they evaluated Kellen Moore. They got rid of Kellen Moore. You know, they moved on from Joe Philbin. They got rid of him. You know, they moved on from Skip Pete. You know, they're yeah. moving on from people. The quarterback is no different. The quarterback is all the players are open to evaluation, you know. And this is an organization where the general manager is not going anywhere. Right. You know, you know, you are not going to get fired if your quarterback is a mess, you know. So I, I, I'm just saying this. I appreciate what Dak Prescott's done the toughness, the ability to come back, and all that. I hope, I hope that he has the kind of season where he cuts down the turnovers and he can lead this team to the championship game. Because I think I think everybody would feel a whole hell of a lot better about it. That's about the key the part player. right there, though, too, is that when you sit there and say that, yeah, people will rip you for saying this or whatever, the people that will rip you will be the people that are just like, but he does everything right and he's such a good yeah. dude. And, like, and that is, to your point, the reason why – we all would like to see him be the guy. We would Absolutely. all, everyone that Absolutely. covers the team, the biggest, whoever you think is the biggest hater of him or whatever like that, yeah. everybody, nobody can say a bad word about this guy. You would love to see him have the ultimate success. But at the yeah. end of the day, this is a big money business that you also yeah. at the have to produce though on Sundays. Right. And on this right. team, you're going to have to produce in January. So yeah. you can't just sit there and say, hey, he does everything, checks every single box. So we got to just deal with, no, you still have to be evaluated. Yeah. Well, what will happen is, what will happen? Mike McCarthy, you know, Mike McCarthy put him up on the table. He really did. You know, I mean, him, Kellen Moore, about probably about the Green Bay game after that loss was like, here we go, we're going, you're going. I'm, you know, if they don't have success, if they do not have success with Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer, then the next person to go will be them, yeah. and somebody else will come in here and in year nine try and get Dak Prescott to play at a level where. Uh, where he, where they can get go past the divisional round, get into a championship game, and potentially a Super Bowl. It would not be draft season, Brian, if I didn't find out who your pet cat is. <laughs> Who's your pet cat of this draft? Man, that's a great question because when I there's so many of these guys that I absolutely when you watch them. I mean, I'm stacking my board right now. I, I told you I got 210 players that I'm looking at and I'm just like, I'm trying to put them in order, but I really, really, really like, there's a cornerback at Purdue named, named Trice that I really, really like. And I got to give John owning a lot of credit for this one because I did not have this one right. And, and he was like, no, 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 you need to go look at this guy. You need Dane to go a lot higher than people. A lot of people. Yeah. Do. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I was like, I'm like, Oh no, here's another, another guy, Corey Trice from Purdue. He's six, three, he's 206 pounds. 
And I admit I was late. I was late to the game on this guy. But this guy, he plays what we call the boundary corner. So he's into the sideline. So there's a field corner that plays out, out, of course, what it's said, the field. And then you got a guy that plays near the boundary. But Corey Trice, I am like super impressed with him. I think he could play press because he's really long. He's really, he's a 6'3 guy. He's 206. He could get up on you. He could keep you. Uh, he could keep you on the line. I said this about this player. I said, I'm not sure if his anticipation is really good or he's a great guesser. And I mean that in a way like, I think it's probably his anticipation because you see him time after time after time after time driving on the ball, knocking the ball down. You know, receivers make mistakes when he's around. You know, the route's short or they drop a ball or something. He plays that way in coverage. And I was like, I'm like, like, man, when you talk about corners, and I always evaluate the corners if you listen to me on the draft show or any of my shows, the corners that can play when the ball goes inside and knocks the ball down and doesn't get pass interference. That's what Corey Trice is able. I if you if you said a guy that I would love to see the Cowboys draft at some point in time, and I, I am a lot higher. I'm I, I'm sure I'm sure owning is really, really is very high on him. But man, I, I'm looking at this guy and I'm saying if I had a shot, if I had a shot to draft this guy. I would absolutely do it because I, I think that he's kind of in that range. And I put him in there with like the guys like Cam Smith and, and uh, Brent's from Kansas state. Cam Smith's in South Carolina. Brent's is a guy that I see people mocking potentially in the first round. And I think he's more of a, probably a third round guy, but Trice would be a guy if they took him, he's my 76 best player on my board. And this was a guy that initially that I really didn't have any kind of a feel on until I got a tip to go watch him play for Purdue. Hmm. Love it. Love it. All right. Check out all of these prospects on the athletic, the entire mock draft from Dane and, you know, download that beast, get it ready. Can I I ask something real quick, Kent, while we, I know I'm I'm going to take two minutes. Okay. We went through on 105.3 The Fan and talked about the, the mock draft that he did. And we did it by the division. And we felt like it was Giants, Dallas, Philly, Commanders. That if The order of the drafts that you would say, who would you like? Which draft would you have liked the best? And we just did it on the division is what we did. And we had the discussion myself and – you know, Eric Chiafalo, Zach Wolchuk, those guys, and you know Gavin Dawson. And we determined that giant the draft we liked the best was Giants, Cowboys, Philly, and then Commanders was the, the order that we had it in. So Giants with Jordan Addison. Way. Jordan Addison in yeah. the first round. Yeah. John Michael Schmitz, the center, and then yeah. uh, Kendra Miller, the running back from TCU, yeah. the third. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Is that because of Lucas Van Ness going at 10 to Philly? <laughs> <laughs> Is Almost, that what you didn't the, like? the fact, the fact that Philly, the fact that Philly took Van Ness and like, I almost put the commanders up there because they took B. John Robinson is what mm-hmm. I did. But I like Dallas's draft. I don't have a, I think Kent, I mean, Kent, I think that uh, Dane did a great job with that. I do like what he did for the Giants and that's picking right ahead of you. That is a team that's picking right ahead of you. So 
You know, I worry about the Giants. I, I think this division is a whole. I think the I think the Commanders are a quarterback away from being really good. I do. I think they're guys that they got they got good skill. They got really good defenders. You know, I mean, this division. If if the Commanders could get that quarterback, they might be right up there. I think the, the Giants are well coached. I like their general manager. They have a good draft. They could turn this thing around. I mean, they they turned it around last year with the, with their team. Brian, I'm telling you, I think there's a lot of people, especially in Dallas, Cowboys fans around the country, around the world. I think that a lot of people are sleeping on this whole Washington sale. This could be yeah. really bad for the Cowboys because there's just I, been so many years where that was yeah. a layup. Like, you know, I mean, I saw yeah. that Dak was just on the Adam Schefter podcast talking about how like, yeah, I liked Washington, going to Washington because we usually win. There's a lot of mm-hmm. Cowboys fans there. That's been run into the ground. But that's that's something you get the right ownership there. That could spark that thing, and that's the I, last thing you want in the division. I, I I tell you what, and and people that they, they, they remember what we say, they'll pull this up and they'll yeah, you were wrong about the you know, <laughs> I I do I I when I look at the Commanders roster, I they're a team that always that player always falls to them, no matter where they are yeah. on the draft, that player falls to them. Pain, who it doesn't matter. It does. You mean you know the. First best defensive tackle in the draft ends up to him at 17. How? How does that got, end up? I think they got Montez Sweat at like 26. Same way. Same way. So to me, I just, I am kind of like, I think this division is going to be good because I think you mentioned about the new ownership potentially there in in, in Washington. And I think they're going to get a real general manager and I'm nothing against Ron Rivera, but you did the best you could. I'm going to, I'm going to switch this thing up and, and I worry about I worry about them being being good again. I do too. Because even if I'm saying like long term, even I'm not even talking about them being going from being yeah. what they are right now to all of a sudden being like yeah. like a Ravens or Patriots where you're like, well, yeah, it's one of the top ten organizations. Yeah. And like I'm saying even if they get to the middle of the pack, they've been so bad in in every way. I don't yeah. care from you know, public relations mm-hmm. to player acquisition to the dump stadium to just everything, yeah. the way everything's run is just so poor that if you're a Cowboys or Eagles or Giants fan, you're just like, yeah, keep, keep that keep guy going. in ownership. Keep Let going, that, yeah. keep going. You don't yeah. want that to all of a sudden become like the nope. Joe Gibbs Washington yeah. team. You know, you want that to stay right where it's at. You don't want that to be, oh, now we got all four teams in the division are good. We got like all of them are tough. No, you want them to stay where it's like yeah. railings yeah. are falling over, yeah. you know, yeah. pipes are bursting. Yeah. No one is sitting in the upper bowl. They're putting up tarps. No, that's what you want. You don't want Magic Johnson coming up there, riling up the fan base. They're getting a new stadium. All of a sudden there's people in charge that know what they're doing. You don't yeah. want that. Yep. Yeah. 100%. And for all the Cowboys fans who don't want Bijan at 26, just let them go to the commanders or the Eagles. And we'll deal with him twice a year. I, I would much rather have him with a star on his helmet. All right, Brian, we so appreciate you being here, man. It, it Thank feels you. so great to talk draft with you again. And thanks for your time. And for a listener, make sure you're listening to Brian every day on the radio if you're in Dallas and checking Thank out his you. podcast work and all that stuff appreciate and following that. him on Twitter at Brian Broaddus. Appreciate you being here, man. Hey, and just not his cowboy stuff. I'll, I'll be driving in the car and this guy will just come off with some Hold on. I just text Mark Cuban. He says the reason that they did this. I mean, oh. you're not going to get that just anywhere, man. It's good stuff. Well, that's because Bennett went to school with his daughter. Oh, that's, that's why right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys for having me on. You you guys do a hell of a job as well. And uh, I appreciate the when you guys, uh, the guys from the Athletic come on and visit. John, you're a great guest. Anytime when you come on, people love you. So uh, all love coming your way too as well. 
Feeling is mutual. Feeling is mutual, Brian. We appreciate it. And uh, stay tuned next week for Draft Week. We'll have one more podcast coming at you before Draft Day. And then we'll recap it all after that. So make sure you're subscribed to The Athletic and to this podcast. But for John and Brian, I'm Kent. We'll see you next time on About Them Cowboys. Goodbye.